Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Welcome back, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. Uh, as always, I'm Spencer Chafin, and I am sitting across from Mr. Mike Betts. Mike, say hello. Hello. And then to my left, your right, we have Mr. Pierre. Say hi, Pierre. Hi! Okay, so Spencer, imagine a beautiful paradise, one of the most beautiful places you've ever seen, an island, and then imagine around eight sexy but very horny singles. But the catch is they're there to find love, but they can't do it in just the very superficial way where they exploit sex, sexual contact. They have to actually find deeper relationships. So the rule on the island is none of them can have sex or engage in any other sexual contact. And they're guided by essentially a Siri or an Alexa, and her name is called blank. I can't remember her name, Spencer. Maybe in post, Slexa. We can. It's not Slexa. Like, That's like, good. That's good. No, I can't remember. It's like Lana. Lana. Her name is Lana, and it's incredible. I recommend all of our listeners to to watch. And then there's been another uh, handful of really great shows. One of them that I saw, and I noticed that there's there's two uh, out there, but there's one on Bob Ross that I saw on on not on Amazon. I think there's another one on Amazon. I think this one's on Netflix. And you and I were talking a little bit about this. Would it be fair to call it a documentary? It's a, it's officially I think a documentary. Yeah. But I was watching it, and I thought, if Spencer's watching this at the exact same time, he's seeing a podcast. And then when we talked a few days later, what are we here to do? We're here to talk about Bob Ross. Exactly. And his not-so-happy mistakes, as he called them. There's, what, what, what would he say? There's no mistakes in life, but... There's only little happy accidents. Happy accidents. And and for those of you that don't know, Bob Ross was this famous painter that was known for painting on PBS, which so Spencer, I'm, I'm, Spencer, I'm, I'm gonna to I'm gonna you. date myself real quick. Bob Ross right passed there. away when I was eight. I have to stop you right there though. <laughs> I, like everyone knows Bob Ross. Not, Mike, we're not everybody. Because there's people younger than us. Anyone who's anybody. Anybody who is anyone, anybody, anybody, whatever the saying is, they know who Bob Ross is, Spencer. But we're, Mike, we're trying to be all inclusive and anybody that's not anybody, we want them to know who Bob Ross is. Oh, so this is a podcast. This section is for, for everybody. all the nobodies out there. <laughs> okay, so yes, Bob Ross, uh, continue, Spencer. So Bob Ross, famous painter, Afro, uh, yeah. And he, I remember as a child, just randomly, my dad would turn it on. My dad was isn't 
an artist, but he, he can, when he does drawings for his building projects, he is pretty good. Um, but he's not like a painter, doesn't have an easel at home or anything. But he would just turn it on randomly and we'd just sit there and watch. Eddie, Bob Ross would sit or stand there and talk about the pretty little trees and some happy clouds and, you know, and that was kind of part of my childhood. And then, and then Julia Charles would be on PBS Next and we'd watch her. Oh, I loved watching. That, that was probably, so I'm a huge fan of Food Network and the various food network shows but hers was the best. And I, it might have been because I was a kid because I would, I would do the exact same thing. I grew up watching PBS is what I watched as a kid. Right. And I, I just loved the way Bob Ross would talk, how he'd, he'd get this very sensual voice and he'd be talking about painting all the beautiful trees and just a fluffy little cloud. And, but he and was so sweet about it. Very, oh, and, and by all accounts. So, so you have just genuinely, and, and, and humans have their faults and their issues, and nobody is 100% perfect. But Bob Ross was kind of like Mr. Rogers. Just Ooh, people, yes. people that are just have such goodness within them and would never... Like, like they just, they, they just are, are pure, pure light. And I think Bob Ross was legitimately one of those people. Again, not that he didn't have maybe some faults and some issues. And you learn some interesting things in this documentary on, about his personal life, but nothing that's going to make you not like really him. like yeah. him. Which, again, Bob Ross, I got off topic. Bob yeah. Ross is We're here to talk one about of Bob those. Ross He's today. one of those guys, but his story is... It's, it was it's, uh, it's, great while he was alive. Yeah, it's, but it's, now there's some. It's a cautionary twist. tale. Yes, yeah. it is. You know, and so, so if you don't know already, obviously we do a podcast. However, we have a blog on our website, and uh, by the time we're recording this, we've posted two a two part series on Bob Ross. And the uh, pitfalls and failures that that he left with his estate plan and business plan. Because people, you got to remember, we've harped on this. So go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. If you're a business owner, that's an asset. You've got to make sure that it's set up correctly to go wherever it's supposed to at your death. Um, So there were some issues in regards to this. And... To kind of set set the stage a little bit, uh, Bob Ross and three others form Bob Ross Inc. And it was Bob, his wife, and then another married couple each owned quarter interest. And they had they had business agreements, right? You know, the big issue was how the business agreement was written for when one of the owners died. And the way that it was written, Mike, was that when one dies, the company uh, either bought back or the interest was just spread apart between all the surviving owners. So instead of going from a 25% ownership interest 
to uh, when Bob Ross's wife died, he became a 33% interest owner, which is great. So let's set except the, for so let's set the stage then, just so folks are, are okay. following, and then we'll go through and use the real uh, the math. So so we have an entity. The owners are Bob, his wife, and then another couple. And I, I understood they all owned 25% of the company, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, Bob's wife passes away, and this is kind of the first step toward the following legal battle that we'll be, we'll be discussing. So with that stage set, we had four owners Bob's wife passes away of, I believe, cancer. Uh, explain what happened again, and then explain what the alternative could have been. Yep. So uh, what happened was instead of each of them keeping their interest or the everybody now became, instead of a one-fourth owner, they all became a one-third owner. So now Bob Ross has a one-third ownership interest, which is more than his quarter. However, the married couple each now have one-third interest, which is two-thirds. So they run the show, so to speak. Now, depending on how the company documents were written, but however, they now own a majority of the company. So what could have been, if they had a different type of agreement, what could have been a scenario, theoretically, where when Bob's wife passed, her interest could have gone to Bob, which would have turned him into a 50% owner, and then would have had a 25%, 25%. And so he effectively could have kept that 50-50. Still could have kept it 50-50 between the two families. Kind of the trump card yes. where, yeah, assuming things like typical majority decision, yeah. et cetera. But assuming the typical yeah. majority decision, he now finds himself the minority yep. and a husband and wife, the two-thirds majority. Yep. Now, here's where that becomes an issue, is if those rules are still the same when Bob dies, which they were, then that means everything reverts over in Bob Ross, Inc. to the surviving owners. Yeah, so so we have, and we've talked about this in the past, we have a buy-sell agreement. And so we've mentioned what buy-sell agreements are, and they can be anything that we want. Right. In this case, the buy-sell agreement says... Uh, among us, all of us owners, when somebody dies, the interest goes to everyone else. So it's kind of like the the last one to die wins, right? In that 100%. scenario. And I I couldn't I I tried looking into this, and I I couldn't find anything that was reliable. But I'll ask you, Spencer, could you find anything just kind of tooling around the interwebs as to whether or not when Bob's wife passed away she got any sort of compensation, of, of compensation. Like, like her estate which, yeah yeah uh, like, I like, like a anything. sale or yeah. anything or just gave like, it to that to the other people i i couldn't find anything which is a good thing people for the fact of that shows that it's private so you know your information can be kept private however this whole thing played out in court and that's why it's public info but as for her interest in how that was handled financially, so to speak, I couldn't find anything. Um, but typically, there's got to be some type of uh, 
transaction. Um, so someone's getting something for something instead of something for nothing. Uh, but, you know, what that was, we don't know. At, at least theoretically. The, theoretically, right. They yeah. could have they could have had a nominal consideration, uh, consideration being the price for something uh, is an example of consideration. So it could have been nominal. Uh, it, it may have been fair value. Um, again, those are going to be concepts that, that we think about. And, and, you know, I'll say this too, just to be, to be fair. Oftentimes we look at business documents with hindsight, uh, you know, in, in our, in our favor, it's kind of like the, um, I guess when football games were all on Sunday, it's the Monday morning quarterback saying, yeah. and so we look at it and, and, and I don't know, again, these details, perhaps all of them sat down, thought hard about the buy sell provision that they agreed to. And this is what they came to. And now in retrospect, we're, we're second guessing the agreement. My gut is it could have been just boilerplate as sometimes you see in these operating agreements boilerplate concept that that wasn't wasn't properly thought through because i think if folks think about it, especially a company called bob ross inc i mean i'm i'm sure everybody contributed and contributed equally and well and you can draw your own conclusions from the various documentaries out there i don't really know but he was the namesake and to think that because unfortunately he and his wife got cancer first, that they could lose all value, meaningful value. And what we do know is Bob's son never became a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy person, uh, as, well, as, as and, I understand and here's, it. And here's the other, here's the thing about that. The money really didn't start pouring in until the 2000s. So Bob Ross died in 95 but the other married couple, I believe it's the Kowalskis, they handed the business over to their daughter and their daughter started going out and getting deals for TV, like Twitch, which is a big thing. Uh, uh, there was another- Spencer, uh, what is this Twitch that you're Twitch talking is, about? Twitch is, I don't use it. I've seen it on social media to where people can live stream what they're doing. A lot of people do it for video games. Like a lot of video gamers will use Twitch to let people watch them play video games. And they get paid for people to watch them play video games. That sounds We're in the wrong profession. That sounds amazing. I'm just saying. We're going to take a short break, but we'll return with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, PC. Alfredo has been licensed as a Certified Public Accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters, ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817-421-421. 0720 or find him at grapevinecpa.com. Inspire Art Dallas. 
uses advocacy, fundraising, and public events to encourage the flourishing of the City of Dallas public art program and to enrich public art experiences for residents and visitors to the City of Dallas. I'm Kay Kalos, Public Art Program Manager for the City of Dallas Office of Arts and Culture. And we're back, and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to start an Insta. I'm going to create an Insta. I'm going to have an Insta presence. I'm going to start photographing all of my meals. Your food? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think I could be a social media star. I want to be a YouTuber as well. Go for it. Spencer. Just don't do it on company time. Let's become become (laughs) YouTubers. Well, Spencer, if you're not careful, it won't be a work for hire that you can you can benefit from. We're going to talk about work for hire a little bit later in another episode. So that's your Easter egg. So, um, so the money really didn't start coming in, uh, until the, uh, two thousands. Now here's the, here's kind of the other issue is, uh, in the blog, if you go read it, put in there that from 1986 to 94, Bob Ross Inc. started registering several trademarks uh, using Bob Ross's name and likeness. Well, here's where that's a big deal. That's Bob Ross. Like, nothing is... Bob Ross Inc. is nothing without Bob Ross. So it makes sense to get trademarks uh, with, you know, his name and likeness. Here's the problem. Bob Ross and his family wouldn't profit from that at his death, which they didn't because of the way that the company was set up. On top of that, there were some legal battles submitted by his surviving son trying to get those rights and say, hey, you know, the the rights that were assigned to uh, or given to from the estate to Bob Ross Inc. should have never happened. Unfortunately, the court said, no, Bob Ross had, via oral agreements and a few other agreements, had actually signed all of his rights and royalties and interests and stuff like that to Bob Ross Inc. So unfortunately, Bob Ross kind of disinherited his family without knowing he was disinheriting his family from this We'll call it an empire. It's not, yeah, it's making a few million dollars a year, I think is my understanding, but it's not like, you know, an oil tycoon passing down a, a thing. But it, but Bob, Bob but Ross, that's what he, he built it. And I know he built it with the Kowalskis, but he's the face. So, okay, so, so back, we digress. Back to the point. Small business and, and, and a small business owner We've got to have an estate plan that ties up to that because as Spencer illustrated, we have a guy who has a small business and he thinks that he has certain property rights that separate from that small business. Right. He can he can uh, uh, devise or bequeath or or otherwise leave to his survivors 
property rights. Yep. And as it turns out, and we'll explain why, the company really owned all of that. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have anything it, to convey. And here, here's the thing is this isn't always the typical case with business owners because businesses are a little bit different. But you got to look at it this way. Bob Ross Inc. isn't just painting. It's not a it's not painting. It's Bob Ross himself. And that's where the issue becomes uh, apparent for for the company and Bob Ross and his family is Bob Ross thinks, well, and rightfully so, this company is nothing without me. I own me, but he didn't own yeah. his likeness, which is which is sad, but that's part of business. But, and and here's the thing too. This story, it, it's it feels like an maybe maybe an old tale. Maybe maybe it's uh, not as much in folks' minds the cautionary tale we say we say it is. But I feel like with social media, and think about the new um, business that I'm about to start, Spencer, doing my Insta posts and my uh-huh. YouTube videos. These are businesses that people are doing, and aren't they very much the same as what Bob Ross did? So if you're starting a social media Uh, business— I will actually 100% agree with you on that for this. Here's what I love seeing on social media. Someone does a funny video, and it gets thousands of—or millions of views and likes and whatever, and then someone takes it, parodies it, or dubs their video over there, and people— get upset because they didn't get recognition for creating the first video. Well, I'll tell you what. And and okay, which makes sense. Is that intellectual property that they own? Potentially, yeah. See, my my son, who happens to be a very avid YouTube viewer, like he is obsessed with uh, Annoying Orange. So Annoying Orange is a... Very annoying. It's a very annoying... Uh, it's a YouTube, it's a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. but the annoying orange ink, whatever it is, like they have made a business creating this content and, 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 and that's a bad example because annoying orange is a, is a character, but a lot of these YouTubers, they, they make money based off of the celebrity and the likeness that they've created within themselves. So maybe this is not the best example, but there's another one called Unspeakable that my son really enjoys some of their videos. And and so the thinking is some of these YouTubers may, like Bob Ross, think because they're the celebrity, their likeness lives with them and they're able to go and do things in their own right, let the Bob Ross litigation and his experience uh, be a fair warning. Be a warning that that maybe <laughs> maybe your your intellectual you don't property own your stuff. isn't isn't yeah. isn't yours. Yeah, yeah. So what with that, which we'll we'll probably talk a little bit more in the next episode. Don't sign anything away without having an attorney look at it. Don't just assume you own anything or you own stuff. Review it. Look at it with someone. Make sure you do know what you're getting into. And, I, and, and we don't know the full story, but obviously 
the court said that there was oral agreements, oral contracts that were binding. I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and say attorneys probably weren't really involved with a lot of this stuff. Exactly. Which is scary. You know, when you are getting into business with not, even with family, but when they're for sure not family, not like your spouse, man, have everything papered. Because you could end up like Bob Ross's son who thought he was going to be able to receive his dad's intellectual property, which is where a lot of rights are, and he didn't. Well, let's, let's, let's uh, pose this question. If Bob and his wife at the outset were explained, it was explained to them that you can work your lifetime doing this and after it's all said and done you can have for 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 something relatively nominal you could have it 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 all go away you won't have your intellectual property you won't have the business that you built and you don't have the option to be able to leave that to the people that you want to leave it to and in fact it's just going to create litigation and heartache do you think Bob and his wife would have signed all of these agreements? As an attorney, I'm going to leave myself an out, but I'm going to say 99.99% no. They there's would not have signed it. No, there's no way that they would have done that. I don't think anybody. No. That's why we – this is a cautionary tale. So I said it's like a, a Monday morning quarterback. Well, it's just we saw it play out, and right. everybody knows – if you had just done a little planning. Yeah. And again, not criticizing Bob for not well, thinking about this, but but he trusted an ex-CIA guy. Did you know the the husband? Kowalski? Kowalski. Was, uh, he was apparently a CIA guy. So like the there's references. So the government was involved? See, that's the problem. This is that's government. stinking government. I know, dude. No, he's just he took all of that government training and and, and used it on his own people. Used it on his own people. That did not happen, by the way. <laughs> we don't know that that happened. Apparently, these folks, it's been reported that they can be quite uh, uh, litigious. Um, we'll let folks know if we get a cease and desist yeah. <laughs> to stop talking, but... But based on what's yeah. been reported to us yeah. as a case study, uh, and the, the agreements are the agreements, how they were, I think that that maybe all of the right results legally uh, were were obtained, and more power to the folks who, in this case, prevailed. Yeah. That's they got yeah. the better end of the deal. The thinking is, and it goes back to our maybe our most recent podcast or maybe the the one just before that go listen to to them all yeah listen to all of them but you have to sit down and actually go through the hard questions and think through the logical consequences like you have a buy sell provision well let's think about all of the different scenarios because there's not very many if you had given this buy sell to me i could have easily told everyone don't do it. This well, whether they want to do it or not, but I could say, here's what would happen. Yeah. If, if we were Bob if, Ross's client, yeah. we'd say whoever do dies it. first yeah. loses. Yeah. And uh you 
might not have what you think you have. Yeah. And then, and then again, this is for the next podcast. Uh, we just need to educate them as well as all of our small business owners about really intellectual property, particularly in some of the industries that, uh, you know, affect a lot of our clients, like in the software. cannabis industry, oh. software mm-hmm. industry. So these industries are very heavy in intellectual property. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you're selling widgets, there's not a whole lot of intellectual yeah. property. Or if you are, um, you know, clearly from the art discussion here, if you're Mike Betts, not a lot of intellectual property coming uh, coming this way. But in those sorts of industries, it's very important, especially small businesses are having like their websites built and developed. Like you're building a brand you're building a name, that's intellectual property, yeah. and what you think you're creating might not. So be, might not be the be yeah. be there. So in this case, your small business owner Bob, here's how the succession plan works for you, and what do you want to do with your name, your likeness, and what you've created? Oh, you would like to be able to pass that down to folks. Well, it might be owned actually by your company, depending on what you're doing and how you're setting it up. And you need to be aware of that because you can't handle it just in your will or right. just in your trust. You because might have to actually, it. yeah, you might actually have to have a buy-sell, which in that sense is acting kind of like a trust or uh-huh. a will. M- m- meaning yeah, right, that correct. upon a death, here's what that happens. document says what happens yeah. to those interests. So, so here's two real good takeaways that <clears throat> Bob, Bob did even though he didn't have full control. One, he had a trust. So that's good. He, he had a plan in place for, hey, when I die, here's where my stuff goes that I own. And two, he had a specific wish that he wanted to happen. Now, it didn't end up happening, but he went and made it clear in his trust. He amended his trust right before he passed away, stating, here's what I want to happen with my intellectual property. Now, it didn't end up happening. However, it's good to see that he actually took the steps. A lot of times people I hear, oh, well, yeah, this will just go to so-and-so. Okay, how, how do we know that? Oh, well, I've told him. Uh, that may not be the case. The safest thing to do is always write it down. Well, I'll tell you what, and I know, I know there was litigation and there were results, but I think I read also that maybe a settlement had been reached at some point that allowed uh, the son to be able to have some have some peace, basically, uh, start yep. painting again and yep. that sort of thing. Using his name, you know, and just kind of get beyond the whole situation. Yes, because the, the, the sad thing is, is the son didn't even know about that amendment until a decade or two later. And so that trust in the estate did a separate settlement agreement with Bob Ross, Inc. And when the son found out, he said, whoa, I'm suing to try and get those rights back and say, well, or say they were ours. Um, And that's where they found out that, nope, there were oral agreements. Bob Ross didn't even have the ability to give those to you and the uh, half-brother of Bob Ross. And so... I, I guess I guess yeah. the point I was, I was making is, but for Bob Ross doing even that, teeing up an issue, uh, that that I, I didn't know that that 
there was a time frame that folks didn't didn't know. But still, I guess better late than never that you right. find out and yeah. and try to do it. But uh, but yeah, it, it's it's better to do something than nothing for 100%. sure. And and if we can take just a little bit of time, and uh, the, our listeners don't realize this, but Pierre does actually talk, and we were talking to him beforehand, uh, just about you know stuff stuff but one of the stuffs that we talked about was actually carving out a little bit of time at the front end it it sucks we don't want to do it it's a hassle to do it we're too busy to do it okay so recap so who did we talk about talked about bob ross today what happened to bob ross bob ross he uh didn't realize he didn't own his intellectual property tried to give his rights to his son and half-brother. That didn't go so well because he didn't own it. What's the, the moral of the story? The moral of the story is read your documents that you're signing uh, with business partners and to also review them with an attorney. Get an attorney. Make sure you own what you think you own. And if you don't, then you can hopefully plan accordingly. But don't just assume anything. Because when you assume... You You make make an an ass ass out of you and and me. With that, thank you for listening to us. Spencer, do you need to say anything as we leave? No, because you'll probably try and dubstep it. It's too late, Sam. (laughs) Okay, we're out. And that brings us to the end of another show. For more information on today's topic or previous show topics, visit our website at bccounselorsatlaw.com. While there, feel free to let us know what future show topics you'd like us to cover. On behalf of Mike, this is Spencer, and we thank you for listening. And remember, it's always our goal to provide easy-to-understand legal info to help you, your family, and your business here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief.